You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Black Adam. My son sacrificed his life to save me. These powers are not a gift, but a curse. Born out of rage. This loose cannon needs to be locked down before innocent people start getting hurt. He's been asleep for 5,000 years. You find us a cell that can hold him, we'll take care of the rest. Who's on the team? I didn't bring a passport. We don't need passports. We're the Justice Society. This a war going on outside. We ain't safe from Black Adam. We're here to negotiate your peaceful surrender. Heard about it, these three killers this afternoon. I'm not peaceful. Nor do I surrender. Here we go. I kneel before no one. You didn't come here to seek justice. You came to exact revenge. I never said I was a hero. You believe you are not worthy, but fate does not make mistakes. You have two paths. You can be the destroyer of this world. Or you can be its savior. Alright everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Black Adam, and the story is as follows. In ancient Kandak, Teth Adam was bestowed with almighty powers of the gods. After using these powers for vengeance, he was imprisoned, becoming Black Adam. Nearly 5,000 years have passed, and Black Adam has gone from man to myth to legend. Now free, his unique form of justice born out of rage is challenged by modern-day heroes who form the Justice Society, Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher, and Cyclone. The film is starring Dwayne Johnson, Aldous Hodge, Noah Centia, Sarah Shahi, Marwan Kenzari, Quintessa Swindle, Brody Sabagui, and Pierce Brosnan. It is directed by John Kale Sara, and it is written by Adam Sistakil, Rory Haynes, and Sharab Nashravani. Here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Daniel Howitt. Hello, hello. And Danilo Castro. Hey, everybody. Okay, so Black Adam. A project that's been long in development, I think it's been like 10 years or something like that since Dwayne Johnson announced that he had intentions to play this role, and as a character that is fitting within the DC universe, um, specifically in the world of, uh, what, what was that guy's name? Shazam! That's right. <laughs> You're not supposed to technically say his name out loud, otherwise you get the powers, but in any event though, uh, <laughs> Black Adam is being positioned as kind of the villain to shazam and so this is a 
anti-hero story uh, where he's got this background. He comes out of prison, out of 5,000 years. He's awakened and he's having some trouble fitting in into the current state of the world. And then as the plot synopsis says, we have to introduce the characters of the Justice Society within this movie as well. There's a lot going on here. Um, Dwayne Johnson, he's reteaming with uh, Yom Kale Sarah, who uh, previously directed him in, I know, everyone's favorite movie, Jungle Cruise, mm. which just came out last year. How does their second outing together fare here compared to that one? And also, too, how does Black Adam just fit within the DC universe? Not just in terms of the story, but as a film. As a film, how does it fit? You know, there's a lot of retconning going on in the halls of Warner Brothers nowadays. So let's start off with Danilo. Danilo, what did you ultimately think of this? And I want to just come forward and say for the record, we're going to discuss spoilers throughout this review. Uh, I say this because I feel like the movie's already been spoiled everywhere you look on the Internet as is. So just feel free to say whatever you want to say, I say. Okay. I will I will avoid spoilers, both say at least in my initial thoughts here, but it's good to know that we can be a little open with it. I didn't think that I was going to be getting a great movie going into this. Like you said, it was a long rollout in terms of the announcement to when we actually got the film. Um, and so it's one of those films that you hear about, you sort of tuck away, and then it's, when it's coming out, it's like, oh, there's that movie again. I remember hearing about that. And so my expectations were, were relatively low. Um, DC is a very hit or miss uh, sort of, you know, uh, studio for me when it comes to rolling out superhero movies. And so I was expecting something that was going to be, you know, mildly entertaining. Um, I think I came away with something that was less than my low expectations. Unfortunately, I was super thrilled with what I got. I don't think it's I mean, I don't think it's atrocious. I just think it's. um, I think it, I think it's a little bit below average in terms of uh, what they end up doing with it. Um, I think The Rock, uh, I think he's misused here for the most part. Um, and I think a lot of what they decide to focus on just sort of hints at things that could have been more compelling had they been more fleshed out. So both in terms of performance and in terms of just a lot of the, the narrative choices, I, I was left pretty pretty bored for the most part i'll get into specifics and sort of the way they handle some of the bigger revelations like you mentioned uh spoilers or or sort of things like that but ultimately not not thrilled here okay all righty daniel howitt how about you yeah i kind of wish i had more complex or interesting thoughts on black adam but it really boils down to this that after i left the theater i i didn't think about black adam a single time until last night when I sat down to write my notes for this podcast. Um, it, it's just forgettable. I left the theater and it was just gone from my brain. Um, Danilo, you said it was uh, below average. I, I'm I'm not inclined to disagree, um, but I do think the word for it is average. It's just it's just average. It's fine if I'm being generous. Um, it's far from the worst superhero movie ever, but it's just truly a generic film, wholly forgettable. Um, I think the action is serviceable and and looks fine for the most part, but you've got a completely boring villain. 
a mostly bland superhero crew and then and then Teth Adam is just deeply serious, which is an interesting choice when you're casting The Rock. Um, he has no charisma. And the character is so self-serious. But then you've got the, the film is trying to like lighten him up. But ultimately, it all just feels so patched together. I don't know what this film wants to be or knows what it is. Um, you know, there's like it starts off and there's some like pretty gruesome kills. Uh, it's kind of setting up that this is going to be a pretty violent movie, but then it doesn't get dark enough to be interesting either. Um, the visual style kind of tries to emulate Zack Snyder's uh, look and feel, um, but it doesn't quite go far enough in being stylized. So it just kind of tries a little bit. There's like goofy Marvel quips, but then a lot of this movie is just really serious. So it, it's all just it's just strange and just kind of cobbled together. Um, like I said, it's not it's not awful. In fact, I wouldn't even say it's bad. It's just kind of there. It's just kind of there. It's just a paint by numbers superhero movie. Um, I think most people will will watch it and maybe even enjoy it, but I just don't think there's anything memorable in this film from top to bottom. Yeah, this is not like a great offender to me in the uh, canon of superhero movies. Like this movie didn't like piss me off. Totally. But I think I went in with such low expectations like Danilo that it met those low expectations. I can't say it ever went below them. But there were enough things that actually did exceed my expectations a little bit more. I am very mixed on this movie for the most part, but I did walk away leaning positive um, because I I keep going back and forth on certain things. And if you ask me yesterday, I maybe feel one way about something. And then if you ask me today, I might give you a different answer. I do agree that it is forgettable for the most part. I I think especially the first 20 minutes or so of this movie is so incredibly clunky because there's so much exposition they have to go through. I was laughing hysterically when I realized early on that something that they spoiled in the marketing material in the trailers, the whole, my son sacrificed his life to save mine. I was like, wait a minute, they're going to play this up as a big reveal at the end, aren't they? And sure enough, they did. And I was like, that is so ridiculous because literally we all know from the trailer that <laughs> that the father is him. It's so ridiculously stupid. Yeah. Um, But despite all of that, I actually really liked, believe it or not, the Justice Society of America characters in this, and they actually stole the movie from Dwayne Johnson for me. Like, once they showed up into the story, and yes, I get it, they're basically like an X-Men ripoff, and some of the powers overlap with things that we've seen in the MCU. I mean, Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate is essentially Doctor Strange, like 2.0, and there's a couple of other similarities here, like with... um, uh, Adam Smasher, you know, it's like it just reminds me of like giant Ant-Man, you know, and things of that nature. So there are these similarities, but yet their inclusion into the story made it so much more interesting and dynamic for me because I, I just feel I've always felt that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, as much as I love him and I do love him as a entertainer, as a performer, uh, he seems like a very nice guy. I just don't think he is a good actor 
And everyone's been saying, oh, well, he's playing against type here. He's stripping away his charm, his charisma. And okay, like, fine. Like, I guess he's like the Terminator then. Like, he's in that Arnold Schwarzenegger mode where he's devoid of human charisma and charm and instead, like, his seriousness uh, and interacting with this little kid. Like, it's very Terminator-esque, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. at times. But I still didn't consider that to be a revelation for me when watching him in this. He's entertaining at times, sure. And he is, of course, the focal point of the movie. But I walked away from this wanting to see more of the Justice Society. I actually wanted to see Aldous Hodge get his own movie by the time this whole thing was over. So in the end, I have like so many issues, which I'm going to like dive into in a little bit here. But I ended up walking away from this Uh, slightly positive in the end because yeah it's silly it's dumb it's loud but it was fun at points and Danilo I think you mentioned this a second ago there is promise with the inclusion of this character like in this universe him being a guy that murders people and has such disregard for human life and I find that to be interesting and worth exploring The movie doesn't really touch on it in a way that I thought was thorough, but yet he's still an interesting enough character that I think that they could do something with him in the future. So it's kind of like I'm holding out for greater promise down the road. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Yeah, I think one thing you you definitely described admiration for the the Justice League of Society. Justice League. <laughs> just, wait, 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 I lost it. Justice Society. The yeah, JSA. J. Yeah, whatever. The JSA. Uh, they're. I think they're fine. Like, I don't necessarily. This this is the thing. I have no strong feelings about anything with this movie, which makes it really hard to talk about. Um, like I'm, I'm not anti these characters. I think they were mostly fine. Um, the, the one that did really stand out was Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate. Um, I mean, he's basically vision, uh, like from the MCU, but, um, I, I thought he was doing something different. Um, and I was just a little bit more into what he was doing. I mean, I, cause I felt like most of the rest of the, the JSA was just, they were mostly just kind of wisecracking and just kind of they didn't really impress me Aldous Hodge did fine I think but he's at his best in his moments with Pierce Brosnan I agree yeah I agree yeah so I thought they were fine um and also are we not going to talk about the Henry Winkler cameo randomly (laughs) what that was so bizarre clearly a character that they're gonna hope to I guess bring it into a future installment when they explore more about 
Albert Rothstein, Adam Smasher. I, like, I bet you they have plans for Noah and uh, Quintessa to have like their own spinoffs, hopefully down the line. And so I imagine Henry Winkler is contractually a part of that now moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see this in the MCU all the time. Yes. But I think here's the thing. I don't I don't want to totally just have this be like an MCU versus DC thing, because I do think that's very silly. Um, I think there's plenty to criticize about this film without comparing it to the MCU. But um, that that is a, a large issue with this film is that um, the world building when compared to the the rest of the films in the DC universe is it's just so messy like this is setting up a, a big supervillain for Shazam but Shazam's not even tied to this movie at all well that's very... a lot that's a lie the wizards that granted Shazam his powers show up and grant that's true don't say he's not a part like it is a part of this that, all right that's true <laughs> it is, it's, the wizards it's loose to i would say a, like a casual viewer though Dwayne Johnson even says the word Shazam in the movie <laughs> yeah yeah right but that's that's what i'm saying is why why is Shazam not in this movie or teased obviously i, I think it's because they toyed with our expectations thinking that he would be a part of the stinger at the end of the film and instead yeah, totally. it turned out to be once again spoilers i said i was gonna allow for it here it, it turns out the post credit scene is actually henry cavill returning as superman to confront black adam which yes, totally was pretty mind-blowing to me because i had no idea that henry cavill had resigned to work with dc again uh so that was pretty amazing i i thought for sure it would be shazam that would show up at the end so that was a complete surprise to me and in my audience uh reacted so strongly to the moment it was probably the most enthusiastic reaction that uh any moment received throughout the movie uh, yeah likewise for my audience yeah <laughs> it's like they couldn't care about the movie but they loved this moment yes. when the movie was over yeah <laughs> yeah I, i'm glad that that was a surprise for you matt uh because it just wasn't for, I feel like it was certainly wasn't for me. They are all spoiling this, this uh, end credit scene. It was very strange, especially given how tight lipped Marvel is like the rock, like basically all but said Superman is in the post credit scene uh, in interviews. Like he's been very, uh, very blatant about what is in the post credit scene. I, I thought that was a very weird decision. I think he, I think they're really, they know there's not much going on in the rest of the film, but if you if they tell people that Henry Cavill is going to be in the movie, they're, they're going to be excited. I actually think that he wasn't supposed to say it at all, and I think it's just a case of, like, who's going to say anything to Dwayne Johnson after he... <laughs> like, who's going to slap him on the wrist, you know? Yeah. Um, I wasn't aware of it, too. It was a surprise for me. I know it had been sort of after the fact and looking into it. I realized, like you said, Daniel, that it's kind of out there, but it was a surprise to me, and I... It definitely was one of the the highlight moments. But I guess that just goes to show you, like, heading into this, like, I had no expectations. Like, I, I, I don't do, like, deep research into these movies before I see them. Before, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not following their production history all that much or anything like that. I Like, I know the broad strokes, but... Yeah, watching the press leading up to it. I, I'm, like, I'm not that invested because over the years, the DC universe in general has just done a really shitty job at creating continuity presenting stories that are captivating makes sense and sometimes we get a really really good one like 
James Gunn's uh, Suicide Squad or yeah. Matt Reeves, the Batman, you know, most recently. Or even Shazam. Shazam is pretty, pretty solid. As a family film, Shazam is awesome. Yeah, that's charming. Mm hmm. Yeah. But I got to admit, like when I saw Viola Davis show up as Amanda Waller in this, I just rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, please, can we not do this? It's yeah. it's always when yeah whenever DC decides to sort of really dive headfirst into the world building, it does start to be like ah uh, focus on what you're doing here yeah because it, it it does you, that is not their strong suit and it's all messy just because of the history like it's hard mm-hmm. to separate separate Black Adam from from the previous whatever when did Man of Steel come out the previous uh, twelve years uh oh wow that that recent nine years of uh, DC history like. They, they're tr- they're keeping it tied into that, but it's also messy. Yeah. Um, so it just none of it feels like you said, Matt, like when Davis shows up, I think the equivalent of that in a Marvel movie gets people to cheer. But here it's just kind of like, oh, OK, all right. Mm. Why aren't we cheering? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it's hard to to at this point, like give over like confidence that they know what is going on or what the next play is. It does feel like. Isn't this exciting? We'll figure out how to like weave this all in later or we won't. Now, I did overhear that Black Adam was supposed to be in the Shazam sequel as a villain. But I, as, as far as I know, Dwayne Johnson basically was like, I'm, I'm getting my own movie. Like, I'm I'm the rock, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm not letting you all do this to me. And so here we are. And the question I ultimately have is. Do you all think that Teth Adam, Black Adam, do you think that he's an engaging and captivating enough character to carry a movie on his own? Because I almost get the sense that even the storytellers are telling us no, and that's why the Justice Society of America are involved. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I don't <laughs> I don't think he's enough to carry. It's like I said in my opening remarks, like he's so deathly serious, but the film doesn't want to commit to being deathly serious, and so. He, yeah, he, there's just not much compelling about his story. I'll, I'll give the uh, seriousness this. I was um, a little shocked. I mean, I eventually realized, but I was I was a little shocked to see that this still got the PG-13 rating in some instances. Totally. Like, there were bodies being broken, dismembered, fried. I agree. I agree at the beginning. When yeah. When he, like, he's, the first couple kills that he does, he, like, grabs somebody and, like, melts his body. It was pretty gruesome. Yeah. But... I don't feel like that really continued throughout the film. No, they definitely dumbed it down as it went. I would have mm-hmm. enjoyed it more. Um, I I heard that this originally was rated R, um, and I was kind of like, yeah, right. What did they just throw a couple of F-words in there to have the narrative? But now I, I see that it could have been, and I feel like that's the thing. This movie just didn't know what it wants to be. It to be To be interesting, it should be more gruesome. I want to see the Corridor crew from Visual Effects Artists Reacts, like redo scenes from this movie but give it like the r-rated version yeah so bodies are like exploding there's blood everywhere and then you just throw in dwayne johnson saying fuck you (laughs) You (laughs) (laughs) tell him the man in fucking black sent you (laughs) i don't need to do several passes of it i think i read something about multiple versions to where they had to get it down to a pg-13 and it does feel like yeah they, they they increasingly pulled more as as sort of the violence went on um and so, it could, I mean, by the end, I sort of forget how brutal some of the stuff was in the beginning because that the, the, the final act stuff, it's pretty tame by comparison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I'll, but I'll tell you this, though. 
Yeah. It's a movie for kids, and they got to have this kid here, Amon, worshiping Black Adam throughout, becoming his friend and teaching him that goodness is the way, because the Justice Society of America, like Aldous Hodge, can't get through to this guy. And everything that they're doing to try and humanize him, it's not working. No. And so they come into conflict with him. They have to stop him. But this little kid, he says, oh, man, we got to get you a catchphrase. And all of a sudden, Black Adam's like, hmm, humanity might not be so bad after all. (laughs) (laughs) Catchphrase, you say? Yeah. I just, I'm sorry. Like, I did not buy anything about the central relationship between, like, these two characters at all. And I genuinely hated how important they tried to make this kid because like that scene where he's giving the rousing speech to the people of Kandak, I was like, what? Like, I'm sorry. The people are getting roused up right now to fight back because of whatever the hell this little kid is saying. Are you kidding me? It was so unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. You mentioned, I think it was you, Matt, who mentioned Terminator 2 earlier. It's such a transparent lift of it. And it's so just half-assed in its execution. It's hard to watch. Like, it's like, are they really doing this? You know, like, it, it feels like that for the entirety of, like, them trying to pull this arc. But you put Aldous Hodge and Pierce Brosnan in a room together talking about events that have yet to come because Dr. Fate can see into the future with this magic helmet of faith uh, or fate that he has. Um, And to me, like those are some of the best scenes in the movie because it's like Mm -hmm. the only time where things are slowing down and kind of honing in on character and relationships and in a way that isn't, I think, incredibly forced and silly. Like there seems to be some real genuine emotional connection established between these characters. And even though we just got introduced to them, uh, but yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think without the Justice Society of America, this movie would have just completely fallen flat for me. Agreed. I think those are the scenes that feel the least like lifted from other films, other superhero films or, or just films in general, because it, it does kind of give it its own unique kind of rhythm. Um, so uh, agreed there. I think that was a, a smart choice. And it doesn't obviously for me, doesn't save the movie as a whole, but it definitely keeps it from just being kind of unwatchable. I mean, I did not care for the like the hinted romance between Adam Smasher and Cyclone. Like you could tell like he's into her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just was like, why are we doing this? Like, why is it? Why does it have to be this? You know, it, it, it feels is. like it's a different movie. That's what I'm saying. This all feels just like kind of cobbled together. I mean, but then when you have a movie that involves Dwayne Johnson, I sometimes just can't help but feel like uh, these movies are just so made by it's one of those situations where I just feel like there's so many like things in the contract and these movies are just overthought and there's too many cooks yeah. in the kitchen and they got to check off all these boxes to appeal to all these different segments of the audience. And I like I walk away saying to myself, like, you don't need the YA romance in this. You don't need the inspiring kid like you don't need like you don't need like all these little things that they feel is going to make this like broad entertainment. And it's like, just tell me a good story. Yeah. To your point earlier, Matt, about like hyping this up, not you obviously, but to the extent some people have like, Oh, the rock is going against type. And it's like, if you're including all of these things and going out of your way to sort of check all these boxes, it sort of defeats the purpose of him doing that. You know, if you're going to push against it, push against it. Like, the character might be against type, yeah. but the movie surrounding him is every bit as the same as any movie that Dwayne Johnson ties himself to. Yeah, so it kind of nullifies it. You don't come away being like, wow, that was that was a, a, a really bold 
departure. It's like, yeah, this is the same kind of formula. Right. Slightly tweaked. And also, too, don't get me started on the villain of this movie. Let's talk about the villain. Or, you know, as, as one of my friends said to me, what villain of this movie? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the whole the whole devil like oh uh, God. sort of villain is like we've seen that before. It's so boring and uninteresting. One of my friends compared it to Jafar's final form in Aladdin, the Red Genie. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> and I like I <laughs> I gotta say like the motivation at the end, like I am the descendant of like, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're literally going to give this character motivation in the final 20 minutes of the movie and use that to fuel this giant CGI fight sequence. I like I don't know about you guys, but when Black Adam got put into the uh, water chamber and was, you know, held in quote unquote prison again, if you will, I, I actually thought to myself, hey, you know what? Just end the movie here. I'm OK with it. And I kind of wish they did because everything after that I thought was so tacked on and is once again going back to something I was saying before, which is it, it feels like a box check. It feels like, oh, we got to have an epic CGI fight oh, yeah. to send the crowd out on. It's like, no, you didn't you didn't really have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It did. <laughs> like it's just- Isn't the more interesting movie it, like to me, the more interesting film. And it would have been harder to pull off, but that's what would have made it interesting is don't have a central villain for Black Adam to go up against. Make Black Adam the villain throughout the entire movie. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that's confusing to me about why The Rock insisted on playing Black Adam, because he, you know, so much has been written about how he has stuff in his contract about he can only take so many punches and or whatever, like can't lose fights, stuff like that. But like, I think that's the thing. Black Adam is a villain and he's supposed to lose kind of. Um, and so I think it, this would have been so much more interesting had he been the villain of the, either this movie or of a Shazam movie. Um, instead, they just kind of have this middle ground and um, where they're trying to do an anti-hero thing, but it's just it's just so uninteresting. I kind of just wanted to see him lose. I mean, if they were to make Shazam 2 and they introduce Tef Adam with the exposition, the backstory, all that, suddenly now you have Tef Adam as your antagonist to Shazam in a Shazam sequel you don't need the Justice Society of America, although to me that would be a pretty significant loss. But you don't need that. You don't need the uh, side story about the people of Kandak uh, and the Jesus. Like this movie tries like tack on like social commentary about mm-hmm. like America basically going to foreign countries for their own self interest, and I'm just like, oh my, like I, I'm, it's it, it can still be relevant today, but I'm sorry, but like that that story point was relevant like 15 years ago, <laughs> in my yeah. opinion, mm-hmm. and not and not to mention it's just not executed well enough in this, in my opinion. But that's beside the point. My my point is, you can cut out all this other stuff, still have the Black Adam uh, backstory, which would give him motivation, and I actually think it would have been so much more effective in a Shazam sequel because I think once you start trying to expand upon that the foundation for this character starts to show its flaws and they become very glaringly obvious uh, throughout the course of this movie not to mention there's just little things 
Like the, there are little things that just add up throughout, like the humor that doesn't really ever land. Like, did you guys ever laugh? Like, I mean, like truly, even once. Um, I I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, uh, I might have laughed on when he killed like some thug and a like when he threw the guy, maybe. Yeah, you know, and he went flying for like miles away or something like that. I definitely didn't laugh at any of the lines of dialogue. I groaned a couple. The of The dialogue is awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's atrocious. There's some clunkers. I mean, there's some clunkers in the trailer, but it, the movie, it's like, oh my god, three people wrote this. You know, like it's 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 a lot. And, and I gotta just throw out this one little pet peeve uh, here. I cannot recall the last time. I have seen armed thugs in a movie, bad guys, whatever you want to call them. I cannot remember the last time I saw this many people armed to the teeth with guns and unwilling to use them (laughs) in any circumstance. Like they are chasing this kid to get the the crown from him and i'm like you have guns shoot him yeah like (laughs) instead they're hitting him with the guns and that's a great point i just couldn't believe i was like why do all these people have guns and they're not using them yeah just give them knives then if you're not going to use them or something (laughs) that is that is a really bad that's a that's a bad uh that's a bad point on theirs oh i couldn't believe it not to mention too like i i also couldn't get over the clunkiness of the wizards from Shazam, like giving black Adam his powers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I was like, Oh my God, your interview vetting process is so terrible. Guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I know <laughs> you just give this to anybody. <laughs> like, yeah, really? Uh, like there's like all these like clunky things in this that, um, they just expect you to kind of go along with it. If a lot of those little things are executed better, some of them are entertaining, sharply written it makes all these other bigger things more forgivable you know if it's a smoother ride but it's just so herky-jerky along the way it's just like ah you know it's just it's uncomfortable at every turn so it makes it really hard to get behind what the movie's trying to do overall Mm. yeah i i just i do think that most people won't notice a lot of these issues like i i would imagine most people who go to see this will say oh yeah that was that was pretty good um i i think very few people will be impressed by this but this really does just check off all the boxes of what a su- superhero movie is, quote unquote, supposed to be. You got the big CGI fight. You got, uh, you know, a, a recognizable star. You got the quippy lines. You've got a kid. You know, you've got all these different things. And so I feel like that's why I say it's 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 fine if I'm being generous. Like it's uh, because there's nothing that's really offensive in the movie or that stands out that makes me say, wow, this really is trash. It's just kind of there. So I don't I know we're talking about so many negative things about the film, rightfully so, because there are a lot of things to point out. There's very few positives, but it really is just kind of OK. What, what, what was a positive for you, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think, um, like I said earlier, I think Pierce Brosnan was a highlight um, and you guys highlighted that as well. Um, his conversations with Hawkman were very interesting. His illusion spells, too. Uh, were fun i think from a visual standpoint yeah it felt different um even though i do think largely his character feels very similar to vision in in the mcu like you said those visions were i feel like that was something fresh for a superhero film 
Um, I just felt like that. I haven't seen a character with these sorts of well, powers. Like I said, like kind of a kind of a combo of Vision and Doctor Strange for me personally. Yeah, yeah, definitely put some Doctor Strange in there. But I mean, like I, I thought Pierce Brosnan like really gave the character some gravitas that I. I just wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And, you know, by the time the movie's over, you you come to realize why. It's because Pierce Brosnan pretty much said, all right, I'm one and done, fellas. Peace. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not James Bond anymore. I'm not going to give you guys five of these. <laughs> you know, like. Yep. Uh, but Aldous Hodge, really, really like him in this. Even though I will admit, like, the character could be written, I think, a little bit more uh, three-dimensionally. You know, it feels very repetitive that, like, the entire movie, he's just in conflict with Black Adam over stop killing people and, you know, you got to be good and, like, you know, come with us and do this. And it doesn't really expand to anything beyond that other than his scenes with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. And I wish there was just a little bit more of that. But goddamn, Aldous Hodge has got such great screen presence. We know he's such a great actor from movies like Clemency, One Night in Miami, and a few others. And there was a part of me that was watching this and thinking, man, I wonder if he auditioned for Black Adam, didn't get it. And a part of him is like, motherfucker, I'm going to do everything I can to try and outshine you in this movie. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, like it seemed to me like he was like really bringing a lot to this character. I I can't say he, he let me put it to you this way. He brought as much as he could to this character, given what he had to work with. Yeah, it's a it's a thanklessly written part, but I agree he's he's as about as strong as you can be while still coloring in the lines here. Uh, I think he is a, definitely a standout performance wise. Yeah, definitely. And he's just like you know he's incredibly jacked too. My God, <laughs> <laughs> all these guys they're so big. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> can rip your head off with or without superpowers. <laughs> and then there's like Noah Centineum. Like you look like a freaking kid, man. <laughs> all right one last point i'll say here before we get to final thoughts uh i actually thought the visual effects work was pretty decent in this not gonna lie i think the final final fight between Dwayne and uh sabak the character that ishmael gregor like transforms into uh just that's where the visual effects kind of just like i said lost me because the rendering for that final boss character was it just it, it was so bland to me yeah but everything else before that everything with dr fate uh Haw- hawkman I, I right is that his name i keep wanting to call him hawkeye my god <laughs> like, <laughs> and then even the stuff with black adam and the electricity i i mean i genuinely thought too that the slow motion yes it's very snack as uh, snack <laughs> Zack snyder-esque but i'll give Zack snyder this the slow motion does help to scrutinize the visual effects and it, I think, forces the visual effects artists to work even harder than to make those shots look as good as they possibly can. And for me, I'm not saying I was blown away by it, but I feel like I've been let down lately by some of the uh, visual effects work in the Marvel films as, as of late. And I thought this looked better at times. I agree for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I think you highlighted the biggest offenders. Uh, that that final villain uh, was was pretty awful. But for the most part, I think the film looked 
well, let me rephrase. I think the the visual effects looked very good. Uh, my qualms come with the the visual style. It's just I, some people are a big fan of the Zack Snyder style. I'm not. Um, so that's kind of where I was. I just felt like I feel like Zack Snyder's films um, are more stylized than this was. I was disappointed that this is from Lawrence Sure, You know, I'm, you go from Joker looking as good as Joker did to this. But then again, that was like it was such a more grounded story without CGI. I know. And, totally. Yeah. But I'm just still unimpressed with the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I really did wonder how much of it was this is just how uh, uh, Colette Sarah wanted this film to look or how much was honestly trying to win over Snyder fans who are angry at Warner Brothers. I mean, for better or for worse, like Zack Snyder has kind of designed the template for what the DC universe looks like. Right. Yes. And the only ones who I can think of off the top of my head that have ever disrupted that have been James Gunn and Matt Reeves. Everyone else, I feel like they like they brought in James Wan to do Aquaman and like everyone else, I feel like has shot their films to match the tone of what Snyder set up. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. And that's how and you know what that just reinforces something that I was saying earlier, which is a lot of the a lot of the time I walk away from these movies thinking to myself, ah, this this doesn't feel like a directorial vision. This doesn't feel like something fresh. It just feels like it's made by an, ex- an executive board in a building somewhere uh, by a group a group of people. And the director is just kind of like a, a puppet, if you will. Yes, definitely. I mean, I'm not trying to diminish the work here, you know, that uh, Call That Sarah you know, brought to it. I'm sure, obviously, there's a lot of work involved. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of people pleasing that goes along with that, too. All right, final thoughts on Black Adam. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Danilo, anything that we didn't mention you want to bring up? I think it's all been covered. I think sort of like Daniel said at the onset, there's not, uh, I would say a ton to really dig under the surface with. And so I think we covered most of the stuff that's on that surface. Um, I will say I agree with both of you that I spent most of this runtime thinking about how much stronger The Rock's character, how much Black Adam would stand out if he was the villain in another movie versus being sort of the anti-hero, pseudo-hero of this movie. I think uh, all the sort of playing against type, uh, stoicism type stuff would have played a lot better had he done that. Um, and so I think it is a missed opportunity there. So I just want to reiterate that um, before we sort of send it off. All right. How, what about you? I really don't know. Uh, I understand why DC can't 
just exactly start from a blank slate. There's all this investment. There's Shazam, which is going pretty well. But really, there are so many issues that these films run into that could be solved by a blank slate. For instance, like Matt Reeves just gave them, you know, yeah, if uh, if they had if they had taken the blank slate of the universe that Matt Reeves just created with the visual style he he set up and the more grounded world, you could totally build off of that. And but right now they're just they're just with every new release. They're like trying to salvage, trying to salvage. And some of the films work out fine. Shazam is is it was a very good movie, but. It's just not salvaging this universe. And so all the cameos and everything, even the Henry Cavill thing. I mean, cool, I guess. I like Henry Cavill as Superman, but I just don't care about this world anymore. You lost me. We've had all of these films and I'm just I'm just out. So the films might still be good. I'm looking forward to Shazam. But as far as a cohesive universe, I, I just I just can't get myself to care anymore. Eleven films in. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for them to do that. Obviously they're working really hard to make flash work, which we won't really get into here, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't know what it's going to take. So, so a lot of the problems that stem from black Adam or a lot of the problems in black Adam stem from that. Um, but the film itself just isn't anything that can overcome it. It's not, it's not funny. It's not interesting. It's not memorable. Uh, it's just very paint by numbers. And, uh, you know, this film released opposite Ticket to Paradise, and that is the much better film from this week. So go see Ticket to Paradise. All right. A couple of uh, small notes here. I've never seen a kid so insistent on skateboarding in conditions that didn't match for it. <laughs> He's like skating indoors and shit. I'm like, what What are you doing? <laughs> like, ah. Uh, was it like just one of those things where it's like, hey, he can skateboard. We should try to work that in somehow. That's def- that was definitely a note at some point. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah. The people of Kandak fighting the CGI army of the dead zombie creatures. I just. I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. I just can't. I believe the little kids fighting demons in Thor, Love and Thunder more than I believe this. Yikes. I, I mean, do you disagree? That, no, I don't. That's just that's that's quite the statement. And it's just like hearing it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It is true. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, my God. What else do I have here? Um, you know, I, I really like Lauren Balfe, the composer, but I did not feel that there was a memorable theme for Black Adam in this. And I, and I remember hearing some people say, oh, like in the trailer, what a theme and talking about that. And I, I just and none of it ever stood out to me. It just seemed like just such generic music. The kind of thing that like Dwayne Johnson would be like pumping iron to in the gym or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can't even really think of it in my head if I were to yeah. try to hum it right now. Uh, what do you guys think of Black Adam like trying to do these catchphrases, which I thought was kind of meta funny at first because the rock is known for catchphrases, but I thought the joke was just overplayed and went on for far too long. And it's a very unoriginal joke. Yeah. I mean, how many movies have done this catchphrase bit like that? I feel like that's a, that's a 50 year old joke. All they needed to do at this point was like, yeah, make fun of the superhero landing joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would have, oh my God. 
nobody well maybe i shouldn't be too harsh on this but like the statue that was built by the people uh for him and it's like can't nobody tell it doesn't look like him at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a that's a good nitpick (laughs) and then on top of that you guys tell me because the jury's still out on this one because i don't think the rock is capable of pulling something like this off but don't you all think it's a little odd that Black Adam just speaks English throughout the entire movie and he should have, you know, considering how many thousands of years old he is, he just should not have? Yeah, they as soon as he wakes up in the kid's bedroom, they never really they never really like do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just automatically speaks English. But they do make fun of the fact that he doesn't know what certain things are in this modern world, which uh, maybe presented some of the best jokes in the movie i don't i don't know i don't recall really laughing at much in this to be honest with you and it gave me a little bit wonder woman vibes which i think had executed that idea better fortunately Mm -hmm. yeah the fish out of water story yeah kareem adriana's brother uh who plays like like the electrician they too tried to give him laughs in this movie didn't work for me man the more i talk about this movie the more i'm like gonna lower my grade here from what i originally (laughs) gave it because like i'm not gonna lie like i had fun with it in a oh this is dumb and this is stupid but it the visual effects aren't terrible the action is exciting the character is interesting in the sense that you know it felt like something different for the dceu to me um, I just wish they had gone deeper with Black Adam and his morality a little bit more, but <sighs> I originally gave this a 6 out of 10, and a part of me also wonders how much of that was fueled by my overall excitement at the prospect of seeing Henry Cavill at the end and knowing, oh, we're going to get a Superman versus Black Adam movie, which I'm sure they're going to fuck up down the line as well, and they're not going to be able to deliver on that. So, God, it, I, you know what? I'm lowering my grade because I just don't want to fall victim to, oh, they got me again. Yep. Ain't going to work this time. Five out of ten for me. Daniel, what about you? Yep, easy five out of ten. And it's uh, could be worse. Could be lots worse. Um, but I, I'm not going to lie and say that I was positive overall. Yeah, five out of ten. Danilo? I'm going to go four out of ten. I, I don't uh, – I will never think about this movie again and uh... – I think that it's, it's just it just doesn't have a lot going on. So yeah, it's it, like I said at the the onset, it's it's a little bit below average for me. So definitely a four. All right, any Oscar potential for this movie? Anyone? I mean, <laughs> it, the only thing it could be is, is visual effects. But yeah, I mean, I'm starting to considering how many superhero movies we've had this year. I can't imagine all of them making the short list. Yeah, I'm trying to I, I'm I'm trying to decide. Obviously, that's the only thing that it can contend for. Let's be realistic here. I don't think The Rock is scoring uh, any Best Actor nominations for this film. No, uh, no. Nope. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm really, I mean, it kind of Black Panther is kind of like a a question mark just because the first one didn't didn't get a uh, visual effects nomination. But the visual effects do look better based on they the do trailer. Look better. Yeah, they, they do. do. I true. agree. So I, I'm I'm assuming black panther uh will get in but you know it it is a little bit of a question mark and you know i i also think too i've been i've been wondering this you know even if the visual effects here you know if if you want to stand there and say oh it's better than what i saw in love and thunder and in multiverse of madness if you want to say that 
I'm not going to disagree with you, but ask yourself this question. Do Academy voters, we already know they've got a bias against Marvel movies in general, considering, you know, how many of them don't make the final five for visual effects. And there have been times where people felt they should have even won the category, but they didn't. Uh, And of course, um, outside of Black Panther, just the inability to get nominations elsewhere. But do you guys think that Academy voters just, you know, see The Rock and this movie, obviously, it's marketing being so focused on Dwayne Johnson, they just ride it off completely? I I don't know. Um, Like one of those things where it's like, you're a movie star. You're not an artist. You're not one of us. I definitely understand your question. I understand why you're asking. But I don't know. There are plenty of there are plenty of movie star driven films that that score a shortlist uh, score placement on the shortlist. So, I, yeah, I don't know that the rock of it all is going to hurt its chances necessarily. Well, I think it would it would be a combination of the superhero of it all and the rock of it all. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't think it, w- it would make the shortlist, probably. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at like our predictions right now on the site and I I do. I do find it hard to fit in Black Adam. If it does, if it does make it, it's easily like near the bottom at like number 15. Yeah, like I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised to make it in. The visual effects are pretty solid. So um, and and movies like this do get get a placement on the shortlist quite often and uh, frankly, get nominated. And let's also clarify, we're just talking about the shortlist. I don't think any of us are going to sit here and say yeah black adam's getting an oscar nomination no. no 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 but i would i would say that with a caveat i wouldn't say there's no world in which it gets nominated it totally could i'm not predicting it but man visual effects of this caliber and of this style have been nominated um in the past so i don't think it's an insane idea but you're right i'm not i'm certainly not predicting it i don't yeah. even think i would put it in my 10 looking at what i've got right now i don't think i would put it in my in my 10 yeah All right. Well, uh, I guess the final note I'll end on here is, uh, did you guys get a chance to take a look at its box office performance and how it's doing so far? A little bit. It's, it's a little bit mild, right? Isn't it? I was going to say, yeah, like it's, it's respectable, but it's not great. Yeah. It's not lighting the world up. There's, there's two points I want to make with this. One is, do we, do you think we get a black Adam two, or do we think, or do you think we just go straight to Shazam and black Adam? Well, because of the Superman tease, I don't know. I, I don't know what's next. Is it, are we are we going to Black Adam v Superman? Like, I, what are we what are we doing? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think the I, the fact that they even did that with Superman, right? They they sort of combined his sequel into a, a crossover a joint film. I think the smart play, Matt, is the latter option. I think you need to work him into a, a film with someone else because. I mean, unless again, unless he's this movie just takes off, I think it proves that people are mildly intrigued, but would like to see him interact with other people that maybe excite them a little bit more. And my last question is this. When are people going to finally recognize that The Rock, he does not produce high opening numbers for his movies? I don't know yeah. if he'll ever put that together because it's he seems like the kind of guy who would right so i think it's almost just like an assumed thing like his his ratings with like the marketing departments at these studios must be through the roof because yeah <laughs> i i can't see how they wouldn't look at like his films at the box office over the last 10 years and go oh we're easily going to get like a hundred million dollar opener out of him it's like 
He rarely gets that. If No, yeah. Has he ever, now that I'm thinking about it? Well, I guess the Fast and the Furious movies, but like when when the marketing is solely on him, yeah. He he's not as big of a draw as people think he is. No, he doesn't he doesn't has he doesn't have a like a solo smash to that level that yeah, I think at least. Yeah, it's all his ensemble. Like the Jumanji films obviously were massive. Did they did those mm-hmm. get a hundred million? Uh I don't think I mean I mean you mean for the opening or opening, yeah. Obviously they were billion dollar grocers, but opening weekend. I don't I don't think so. I I mean I would be kind of shocked. The if only it ones did. I would guess would be Fast and Furious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's not yeah, if it's just his name above the title of the movie. I, I don't think there's an example of that. Yeah, you're probably right. Which is why, like, when I see and I hear you guys saying all oh, the box office is kind of muted, I'm like, well, is anyone surprised? That's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> now, if his film did better with critics and he stopped trying to make movies for audiences and maybe made a good movie for a change. Yeah. Because uh, that's what that's their defense with everything. Anytime something performs terrible with the critics, they're like, oh, well, we didn't make it for the critics. We made it for the fans. And it's like, well, the fans aren't showing up. <laughs> so. I truly do want I, I don't know if he has the talent. I really don't. I, I want to see him do like an Oscar bait film. And and see if he's got it in him. You know what I'm saying? You know what I think? Here's what I think is going to happen with that. I really think that he is and we've got to just like realize this. He is Schwarzenegger. He is Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And if we ever do get something like that out of him, it'll be like spotting a unicorn, you know, like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, like doing Creed. It, it's going to have to be something that happens like as he gets older. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I want to see him. I want to see him pull like a McConaughey or jo- Joaquin Phoenix or something. Christian Bale like lose, lose like three hundred pounds. <laughs> oh my god! And, yeah. and yeah. be like, be like skin and bones in some you know that would be cancer drama. <laughs> Could you imagine the headlines? People would be saying it's like the most committed performance ever. Like The Rock lost all of his muscle. Can you believe it? That's what I'm saying. He would win the Oscar. He That's would. That's ridiculous. On that, on that narrative alone. <laughs> All right, that's a good note to go out on here. Um, Dang, uh, Danilo, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Danilo S. Castro. Daniel Howitt. You can find me on Twitter at Howitt DK. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Black Adam here on the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... 
The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.